Hello fellow brethren and welcome to the Faith Encounter service from the Kodesh Family Church University City, Philadelphia. The message you're about to hear is a faith-filled message of Pastor Daniel Ofosu, a beloved son of Bishop Dagwood Mills. Open up your heart, listen with faith and allow the word of God to bring positive change and transformation into your life. Happy listening. Frightening, you see right through the mess inside me, and you call me out to draw me in. You told me I could start again, and I don't need to keep on hiding. Oh, I'm feeling old and loved by you, you won't let go. No matter what I do, it's not one or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known and loved by you. I'm fully known and loved by you. It's so like you to keep pursuing. It's so like me to go astray, ooh, but you got my heart with the truth, the kind of love that's bulletproof, and I surrender to your kindness, oh, I'm feeling all and I've got you, you won't let go, no matter what I do. It's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known Fully known and loved by you I'm fully known, yeah And loved by you How real, how high, how deep, how high is your love? I cannot find the reason why you give me so much how wide, how rich, how high is your heart? I cannot find the reason why you give me so much. I'm feeling all yeah. and loved by you. You will not go, no, no matter what I do. It's not one or the other. It's how truth and ridiculous grace and ridiculous grace and ridiculous grace oh, by you. I'm feeling all yeah, and loved by you. It's so unusual, it's frightening, yeah. I'm feeling all and loved by you. Amen.
That's the money I need you Oh, how I love the word, oh Lord It is my meditation All the day long Through thy commandments Thou hast made me wise Wiser than my enemies All my enemies Are sweeter your words Is sweeter than honey To my mouth I understand more than the ancients Because I keep thy precepts How sweet are your words The sweeter than honey To my mouth Oh, sweeter than honey To my mouth Yeah, yeah Oh, Every evil way that I might keep thy word, oh Lord. I'm not departed from thy judgment because thou hast taught me how sweet are your words, it's sweeter than honey to my mouth. Unto my path oh, Through thy precepts I get understanding Oh, therefore I hate every boy Oh, how sweet, how sweet, how sweet Are your words the sweeter than honey to my mouth The honey of the Lord Oh, yeah I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it If you love it, help me sing it Sing honey, 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 I love you Honey, honey, I need you Honey, honey, I love you Honey, honey, I need you 
Hallelujah. Why don't we pray for a few minutes? Stand to your feet, um, if you may. Just thank the Lord right now. Just close your eyes. Just thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Show some appreciation. Let the Lord know that you are grateful for His love, for His mercy. Thank Him for watching over you all these weeks. We're already in the third month of the year and he has been good. He has been faithful. He has preserved us, preserved our lives, provided for us. It's a good place to thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. I want you to also pray and commit yourself into God's hands and ask that your heart will be opened and prepared for the word of God that you're about to receive. Pray and ask God to speak to you himself. Pray that the light of God will come into your heart through the word. Pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Pray that God himself will teach you his word and his ways. I want you to pray and ask God that the time or the reason why he has brought you here would not be in vain. The Bible says that when the spirit of truth comes, he would lead us. He would lead us into all truth. So pray for the Holy Spirit to lead us, to speak to us. It says that he will not speak of his own, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So pray that the, Lord, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and will give you directions from God to help you in your life, to show you where to go, what to do, and what not to do. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for everyone here today. Thank you for your presence with us. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way. Speak to us. Teach us. Lead us, Lord, into your word. Grant us insights into the mysteries of the word. May our lives be transformed. May our lives be changed. May our lives be better because of the time that we spend with you and in your presence. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please take your seats. Well, I'm happy to be in church today. Very excited to be here. I don't know about you, but anytime I'm in church, it's a blessing because the Lord speaks to us. Amen. God speaks to us. God directs us, and he helps us. You know, without God, our lives would be, to a large extent, not very meaningful. Because God and our lives as Christians um, helps us. God helps us, you know, to live meaningful lives. You know, so as a Christian, you must always 
look forward to the time that you receive instruction and direction from God because that is what would actually help you to live a meaningful and fulfilled life. Hallelujah. How many of you want to live, how many of you want to live a fulfilled life? Great. So you are in the good place. This is the best place for you to be. Amen. Last week, we started talking about what happens when you do not pray. I believe that prayer should become an integral part of our lives. And that is why we are, we are going through this um, series on prayer and the importance of prayer. And specifically, we are learning about what happens when we do not pray. So let's start from Mark chapter... 11 and verse 23, the Bible says that in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, it says that, um, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, shall have what he saith. And then in verse 24, he said that, therefore, so Jesus is speaking, and Jesus said that, therefore, I say unto you, right, when ye pray, believe that ye have received, sorry, he says, whatsoever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive, and ye shall have it. Amen. So Jesus is saying that it is important for us to pray and believe that the things that we are praying for, we actually have them. We don't need to see them before we receive them. We must receive them and then we will have them or we will see them. Hallelujah. And he said that Generally speaking, people receive what they ask for. People get what they desire. People get what they speak or what they say. So if you don't speak and you don't say, you don't receive. That is why it's important that you pray. Because when you pray, you speak to God. And in speaking to God, you are receiving the things that you are saying or the things that you are asking. Last week, the first point that I gave you was that when you do not pray, your life is governed or directed by happenstance. What is happenstance? Happenstance, our synonyms for happenstance um, would be circumstances or or quirks, or chances, or good fortune, bad luck, serendipity, and the like. You don't want your life to be directed by such things. You have the ability to control what happens in your life through prayer. You have the ability to be influenced by God and not by circumstances and 
things that surround us. Say amen. We looked at the story of King Ahab, and I hope that you all remember it, because I don't want to go over all of it again. Um, I want to quickly go on to the next point, why we should pray, or what happens when we don't pray. First thing that happens when we don't pray is that your life in this world, you can make this, you can put this down, when you do not pray, your life in this world will be governed purely by the God or controller of the world. Your life would be controlled or governed by the God of this world, which is, I'm talking about the little g, not, the, not God himself, but the God of this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Now, every point I give you is backed by Scripture. It should be backed by Scripture, really. Anything that is not backed by Scripture, you can throw it away. But if it's in the Bible, you should believe it. It says that in whom the God of this world, you see that the God there is in little g. It starts with little g. The God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. So it's saying that people who do not believe in God and people who are not, who do not accept the teachings of God, and the teachings of the Bible, they are not actually bad people. It's just that the God of this world has blinded them so they cannot see and they cannot understand. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Hallelujah. This is a beautiful scripture. It explains why people don't believe in God. It tells us why people don't believe in God. It's not, they are not bad people. The people all around us, they are not who don't believe in God or who don't come to church. They are not bad people. Because we also, in times past, we, we were not people who believed in God. And we're not people who like to go to church. How many of you have always loved to be in church? Lift up your hands. Only a few. I'm sure there are a few people like that, but not many. You know, some people have even loved to be, although they love to be in church, they were fully in the world. You can be in church, like to be in church, but you are fully planted outside. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being in church and loving to be in church and loving the things of God, it takes the grace of God to be able to do that. But we are talking about what happens when you don't pray. When you don't pray, the God of this world now begins to control your life. The God of this world. People feel or people think that God controls everything. God as in big G. So there are two G's we are talking about here. Big G and small G. Many people think that the big G, big G, controls everything. But it's not true. 
if truly God was completely in charge of this world and controlling this world, we would not see all the evil that is around us. Hallelujah. We will not see, I mean, all the wars, all the conflicts, all the pain, destruction, poverty. That's not God. There is a big G and there is a small G. And the small G is really in control of the world and leading the world into destruction and bringing confusion and trouble and, and all the difficulties that we see in this world and all around us. Small G, the devil. And he's able to do this because he blinds, it says that he blinds the minds of them which believe not. And when they are blinded, the light of the glorious gospel is not able to shine into their lives. Hallelujah. That's why we need to pray that our lives would not be governed by the God of this world. By the God of this world. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is, Ephesians chapter, is in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, and um, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then verse 12. It says that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It, it's, it's one of my favorite scriptures because it explains to me what is actually going on in the world. It says that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Against, I'm not fighting against you. I'm not fighting against me. I'm not fighting against you. Our physical bodies are not fighting against each other. But what we are actually fighting against and all the problems in the world and all the difficulties that we are facing is explained by the fact that there are certain things called principalities. There are certain things called powers. It says against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. There are rulers. First of all, there are darkness or dark places on, on this, in this world. And in those dark places, there are rulers. <laughs> there are rulers of the dark. Of the dark. And then it says that of the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There's wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. So when things don't work and things are not happening, don't be quick to blame people around you. Maybe your relationship is not going well, or your marriage is not going well, or you are, you are having some problems at work and all these things. Don't, don't only think about the person sitting next to you who is pinching you or the person that you can see or blaming other people and your mother or your uncle or your auntie or your friend or something. No, 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 no. Just you, that's why you need to get down on your knees and pray because we don't fight principalities and powers and spiritual uh, wickedness in high places. We don't, we don't fight such things with, with uh, punches. 
with muscles, with uh, guns, and six packs. <laughs> six packs. Or one pack. A lot of people have, a lot of brothers in the church have one pack. <laughs> you can fight them with one pack. With one pack. It's just one big portable pack. <laughs> you have to fight these principalities on your knees. Go down on your knees and lift up your hands and fight. 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 That's how things happen. Yeah. That's how things happen. Hallelujah. So, you've got to believe it. I mean, even if you don't believe what I'm saying, believe it because the Word of God says it. So, there's a God of this world. You know, remember when Jesus um, was tempted by the devil, the devil said to him that, if you bow down to me, I will give to you all the kingdoms of this world. Think about it. How could he give something that he didn't have? How could he give something that he didn't have? Which means that he has the kingdoms of the world. He really does. <laughs> he really does. And he was presenting it to Jesus. He was saying that, just bow down to me. Just become my servant. And when you become my servant, I will give to you the kingdoms of the world. You know, so there are many people who are charmed by the world and, and their lives are enveloped in the world and they are consumed by the world and they live for the world and everything about them is the world and the kingdoms of the world and they are trying to become everything in this world and get everything that the world gives them. But they don't realize that when you are on that path, you are actually, you are actually, you are actually a servant of the God of this world, which is the devil. Hallelujah. I'm preaching good. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to remember this point very clearly. Don't allow yourself to be ruled and directed by the God of this world. It never leads to a good thing. Number two. Number two. When you don't pray, you do not intervene or modify events that take place in the spiritual realm. I'm going to read a long scripture and you would see what I'm talking about. When you don't pray, okay, you are not intervening or modifying events that take place in the spiritual realm. Yeah. 
there is a spiritual realm. There's, there's more to this world than what we can see. There, there must be. I mean, everything around us tells us that there must be. Uh, even as human beings, we are made up of things that we can't see and things that we can't see. The Bible says that man is a spirit. He lives, has a soul and lives in a body. So there's your soul, there's your body, and there's your spirit. The only thing that you actually see is your body. You don't see your soul, which is the seat of your emotions. You can't see it. I mean, you can't, if I say, show me your soul, you can't show me your soul. Or if I say, let me see your spirit, you can't can't show me your spirit. In the same way, the world is also made up of Different things that we can't see. You take a human, be just a reg, just if I call a lady here right now, there's only a tiny portion of her that you can see. There's a lot that you can't see. Hallelujah. Or a gentleman, if, or even me, just look at me. There, I mean, you can only see maybe 5%. Everything else is covered. Or you can see more than I'm, I'm allowing you to see. Or you're imagining things. No, you can't. Even if you imagine, you can't see. You can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, people pay a lot of money to see things. Yeah. They pay a huge bright price just to see certain things. I, I met a guy who told me once that his bride price, you know, he married someone from a certain part of the world, and the bride price, he had to pay 24 cows. A cow. 24. And I'm asking. I mean, your whole life, would you be able to eat 24 cows? It's not possible. Because of what you want to see. Hallelujah. So, there is the spiritual realm. There is more to this world than what we can see. Physical. And we must realize that we can intervene and modify things in the spiritual realm. Because what happens in the, you know, there's one of the interesting things about the spiritual realm or even um, the Holy Spirit is that although you can't see the Holy Spirit, you can feel the Holy Spirit. And many times there are physical manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, people are healed of diseases healed of disease without even medication. Jesus touched many people and healed the Bible says he healed them of their diseases. Healed them. There are people who get sick. Forget about, maybe you are thinking that was 2,000 years ago, there was no Penn Presbyterian and all these things here. (laughs) Today, there are people who get sick and they are prayed for and they are healed. Lumps disappear from their breasts. (laughs) 
crippled people rise up and walk. Yeah. I remember I was at the church program a few years ago, and a woman walked. She was in the church. I mean, she came for the meeting. She was, I don't even think she was a member of the church. She came into the meeting with um, a, 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 a deformity in her, in her right leg, you know, which made her, her leg a little shorter than, I mean, one leg a little shorter than the other, about, you know, maybe about this, about, this, about a foot. So she was about a foot taller on one leg. Am I describing it rightly? Yeah, so she was like that. She was like that. You know, so she needed a, 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 a stick. This one was straight, but it was short. So she needed a stick or something to help her walk. You know? And she was sitting there, not too far from us. Right there, maybe, maybe where Alan is sitting. She was probably where Leroy was sitting and then maybe Dorothy, yeah, so about, you know. And I remember very clearly how the pastor who was preaching said that if you, you know, just lay your hands on whatever, lay your hands on yourself if you are sick or anything, and, and just come. I mean, receive the, the, the power of God to be healed. You know, and this lady, you know, she, 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 I believe she, I think she touched, either she touched her leg or she just prayed or something. And then she started, she said she was healed or something like that. Actually, no, no, that was a different story. There were two stories. This was one. The second, the, what actually happened to this lady with a short leg was that she was called to the front. I think the pastor praying said that, oh, there's someone here. You have a problem with your leg. Come and let me pray for you. And she moved to the front. The people helped her, you know, walk, walk like that because, she, because she, 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 she was a little like that, you know. So she got to the front, and she sat in the chair in the full view of, of, full view of the cameras and everybody sitting there and put her feet on the table, and you could clearly see that she was at least... At least, at the minimum, she was one foot shorter. Her, her, her height, her leg was one foot, her right leg was one foot shorter than the, the left foot. Clearly. And the pastor prayed for her. And like a movie, in a movie, it was like a movie. <laughs> it was like a movie. You know? X-Men. Have you seen, have you watched X-Men? Or is it Avengers? Which one has the, the claws just begin to grow like that? X-Men, right? Wolverine. Wolverine is part of, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The claws grew like that. When it's time to fight, something just, the claws just begin to grow like that. And he fights with it. Same thing happened to this lady. Her foot just began to extend like that. The leg actually began to extend, just extended like that until it became the same length as the left leg. Yeah, I saw it myself. Same, just moved like that. Boom. And she got up on her feet and she walked away. <laughs> it happens. I'll tell you a personal story. 
when I was a younger, I mean, I'm still young, but when I was younger, <laughs> you know, throughout my um, childhood, maybe from about nine or eight or nine till, uh, till my teens, I had a terrible problem with nose bleeding. I mean, I couldn't, for a long time, I couldn't play any sport. Because if I run around a little bit, or if, I make, if I'm playing soccer and I make the mistake of heading the ball, you know, to head the ball like that. I mean, as, as the ball hits my head, the blood will start flowing from my nose. You know, so I could never be a striker. Because <laughs> if you cross the ball like that and I'm in the penalty box, I have to swerve it and then someone else has to head it into the net. Because that was my problem. I mean, I went to many doctors. I didn't know nobody could figure it out. And when it starts to bleed, it bleeds, you know, continuously. Ice, packs, whatever. Just to stop the bleeding. You know? And then one day, I went to a meeting. Um, church meeting like this. With, uh, with my mother. And when we were at the meeting, you know, the man of the man, the pastor who was praying, I mean, preaching and praying and all of that, he said that, you know what, just lay your hand. If you have any sickness or any disease, just lay your hand on that part of your body and receive healing, you know. And, I mean, I was a young boy. I was probably maybe 14, 13, 14, you know. And I said, I mean, I, I remember sitting there in the back of the hall, huge hall, maybe about 2,000 people, about five times the size of this hall. And I was sitting all the way in the back because we got there late. And um, as, you know, he said that lay your hands and then pray, you know, I, I was a little bit, suddenly, I, I mean, I thought about it. I was like, I, the only problem that I have, I mean, as a 13-year-old, how many problems can you have? You know, but the only problem that I could think of was this nose bleeding issue that I had. And so I just, I was a little hesitant because I didn't really believe a lot of things. You know, all these things were a little bit spooky to me, you know. But anyway, I just said that, you know what, let me try it. What do I lose? So I was sitting down. So I just bent over. And the other reason why I bent over was because I didn't want anybody around me to see that I was actually getting prayers or I believed in these type of spooky things. Amen. Because sometimes it happens to us. like Because of our circles and the things that we, we do and the friends that we have, and we don't want to be associated with certain things. You could even be in church and nobody knows that you go to church. Your friends don't know you go to church. Your family members don't know you go to church. I mean, you don't... Church and these type of things are far from you. Anyway, so I bent my head over and then touched my nose. As the man was praying, I just touched the nose like that and prayed after him. I was like, oh, if you, you know, Lord, touch, heal. I just repeated the prayer, 30-second prayer. And then suddenly... My nose started to bleed. No, I mean, nothing triggered it. It just started bleeding. And mind you that what was, the main trigger was, 
if I hit my head against something, I hit my nose against something. But this time, I didn't do any of that. I was sitting in church. I wasn't playing sport. But I just touched my nose, and it started to bleed. I mean, it was as though I had hit my head against something. It bled profusely. So I couldn't hide anymore. And, and I was there like that, and suddenly I could see the drops of blood falling on the ground. So I had to lift my head. My mother was sitting next to me. It's like, oh, what is happening? You know, we had to go outside, get ice, get paper towels, come, try and clean the blood, put your head up, this, I mean, try to contain the blood, all of that. It was a good 15 minutes of drama. But you know what happened? After that prayer and after that nosebleed, it's been at least 20 years. No, I'm not that old. Been at least, I don't know. A long time. I mean, my nose has never bled since that day. That's the point I'm making. That was a miracle that happened in my life. Healing. I never went to the doctor for it. And I've never been to the doctor for that problem up till today. Never. My nose has never bled since that day that I prayed, um, I prayed in church and put my hand on my nose. <laughs> I played soccer. I, I still play soccer. I mean, I'm still not a striker, but I still play soccer. Never, ever. I mean, I've done wild things with my nose and, you know, tried to trigger it. I've tried to trigger it, but it has never happened again. Never, ever, ever. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I believe in healing. Not just because it says believe in healing, but because I've experienced it. You know, so I don't know about you, but I want to tell you to also believe in God's power to heal you. And believe in prayer. And the ability and the power that is available through prayer. Not just to heal you, but to intervene and change things in your life. Amen. Where did we get to? Where are we? You can modify events. So go to, go to Revelations. Let's look at Revelations chapter 6. I want to explain to you why or what the spiritual realm also looks like. Revelations chapter 6 verse 8. Verse 8. Let's start from verse 8. Sorry, verse, is it verse... Sorry, go back to verse 1. I'm sorry. Go back to verse 1. And I saw... When the lamb, is that? and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. So we are talking about the spiritual realm. This, this is John seeing a vision. And he said that he saw, go back to verse 1, he said that he saw in the vision that the lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, and one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bar, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Verse 3. 
And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast saying, Come and see. And, they, and there went out another horse that was red. This, the first was a white horse. This time it's a red horse. And power was given to him. So each person, each time there was a horse, there was a, a, a rider of the horse and a certain kind of power was given to that person. Obviously, this is not physical power. This is something spiritual. And was given to him that sat there on to take peace from the earth. What does it mean to take peace from the earth? What does it mean to take peace from the earth? It means to introduce war into the earth. So you see, the wars that are all over the world and the things that happen all over the world, it's not just physical. It's not just people are wicked and people are evil and they just want to fight and want to kill and want to destroy. There are forces and there are evil things that actually make these things happen. Take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. The person who invented the atomic bomb you think he invented the atomic bomb because he wanted to help children or he wanted to do good? It was a we- it's a weapon of mass destruction. It is, it is supposed to kill people. <laughs> yeah. But he was given the ability to invent it and create it. Something that is able to destroy a lot of lives. And they should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword or a great weapon of mass destruction. Next verse. Verse 6. Verse 6. Is that 6? Oh, 5. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse, white, red, black. And he that had, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. Next verse. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou, hurt not the oil and the wine. So he had balances, he had weights. And he said, a very good way to understand the scripture is to look at it in the New Living Translation or the New American Standard Version. It will explain to you what is actually going on. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart, a loaf of wheat bread, and three loaves of barley for a day's pay. (laughs) You see that? It is saying that this new guy who was coming on this black horse his weapon of destruction, right, was to introduce a lot of poverty and difficulty in the world such that you need a whole day's pay or a whole day's salary to buy a piece of bread and three loaves of barley. It's like you work a whole day and you can only I mean, what you are given a whole, in a whole day, for working a whole day, it can only buy you a piece of bread. 
Yeah. That's what has been introduced into the world. That's the spirit that has been introduced. So you see, people can make billions and yet they'll pay their employees peanuts. Yeah, you go into some parts of the world, I mean, they, I mean the, some of the richest and most successful people are there, but you also find the poorest of the poor. And you ask, well, is it education that they didn't have? Is it opportunities that they didn't have? I mean, we can come up with all kinds of solutions and, and ideas like, oh, maybe if we do this for these people, it will help them. If we do that for these people, it will help them this. And all kinds of ideas and, and whatever. But it's still happening that people are working a whole day and all the end is able to just buy bread. It's like just buy their food and that's it. And you might think that that is extreme or in some remote parts of the world. Yeah, fine, no problem. But even in this uh, civilized world, there are lots of people out there who, don't, who cannot even afford a meal a day. And they live here in America. They go to food banks. The other day we were at the food, uh, what do you call it? Um, what? A homeless shelter. The people had come there. They started queuing outside an hour before the door was open just because they wanted one meal for the day. That was it. They, just, they had just come there for a meal. It's in the Bible. That's what it's saying. That a man on a horse, a black horse has entered the world and what he has brought into the world is he's brought a certain spirit that makes people poor and makes people unable to afford basic necessities of life. To the, to the, to the point where they work all day and they are able to pay for just one meal, a loaf of bread and three loaves of barley. Yeah. And it says, don't waste the olive oil and the wine. Like what you will give to them, don't waste, don't waste it. It's like, we keep, keep the profit. Make more money. Let the people be poor. Allow them to, to be paid $8 an hour and we will make billions. <laughs> and you think it's just, oh, you say, you say oh, it's just, it's, that's just the way capitalism works. That's what we say. Oh, it's just economics. That's just economics. It's not just economics, my dear. It is something in the spiritual realm that has been released. Yeah. So if you don't pray and modify events in your life, your life would be governed by these types of things that have already been set in motion. It's happening. I mean, you don't need to do anything about it. It's already happening. But your prayer, your prayer can modify and change your life to the point where you don't now depend on a loaf of bread or your entire salary in a day cannot or will not be just for a piece of bread and barley, three loaves of barley. 
Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yeah. Finally, verse, that was what, verse 6? Okay, let's look at verse 7. Verse 7, please. Or 6. And a voice among them, yeah. And when the Lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come and see. And I looked and saw a horse whose color was pale green, like a corpse. And death was the name of, the, of its rider, who was followed around by the grave. They were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with a sword and famine and disease and wild animals. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is not something that we like to hear on a Sunday morning. You've come to church, but this is the word of God. This is what happens. It says that somebody else was released into the world called death. And what he was doing was he was killing, he was giving authority over a quarter of the earth. Over a quarter of the earth. To kill with a sword. It's like wars. Fighting. People dying through fighting. And wars. And famine. And diseases. Does it, does it sound familiar? Can you think of some places in the world where there's a lot of fighting? A lot of wars, a lot of famine, a lot of diseases, a lot of wild animals. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Can you think about a place like that? Do you know a place like that? Or some parts of the world like that? Over a quarter of the earth like this? Where there's a lot of sickness and disease? There's a lot of fighting? <clears throat> there's a lot of famine? Children don't have food to eat. Their stomachs can bloat like that because of hunger. You always see adverts on UNICEF, adverts on CNN. $34 a month will change your life. You see those things on TV? Yeah. And it's all going to a certain part of the world. It says that a, a certain man was given over one-fourth of the earth. To kill with a sword and farming and disease. And there's a lot of wild animals. A lot, there are a lot of wild animals in that place. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe you are from that place. I don't know. I'm just, it's, it's just a, I'm, I'm just repeating what the Bible is saying. But you see, if you are from such a place, it is another reason why you need to pray. Because a certain Something has been put into motion. It's already moving. A horse, a pale green horse with a rider called death is already moving. And these are the things that he's doing. And you need to pray to modify your life and the events in your life so that you are not affected by these things. Hallelujah. Next point. Quickly, before we go, we are almost done. So when you don't pray, number three or number four, when you don't pray, your life is governed by the wickedness of men. First John chapter 5 verse 19 says that, and we know, First John 5 19, and we know that the whole world 
we know that we are children of God and that the whole world around us is under the power and the control of the evil one. Yeah. I didn't say says the world is controlled by the evil one. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 4. Again, I considered all travail. Ecclesiastes 4 4. I observed that most people are motivated to success by their envy of their neighbors. <laughs> most people are motivated to success by their envy of their neighbors. So what is actually driving people in the pursuit of success or pursuit of advancement in life is envy and jealousy. And when someone is envious or jealous of you, there's, you have no idea what he can do to take you off, to move you off the scene for his personal advancement and his success. That's why you need to pray because many times these things are not, you can't see them. You know, the person who is smiling with you and talking to you and being so nice to you, he may be just putting up a face, putting up a, uh, an impression, an image of I like you or you are good, you are this, you are my friend. But what he actually wants to do is to eliminate you and move ahead. People are motivated by success or to success by the envy of their neighbors. It's true. And he says, but this too is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. Because when you clear everybody and you get there, somebody else is also going to rise up against you. So ladies and gentlemen, you cannot stay away from prayer. You cannot, you cannot be a Christian who doesn't pray. It's too dangerous. It is too dangerous. To be someone who cannot pray, you can't go down on your knees and intervene and modify the events of your life. You're making a big mistake. One of the greatest prayers you can pray is for God's will to be done in your life. It's something that you have to do all the time. You have to be praying all the time. Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done. That's what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because many things were happening all around. You see, when Jesus, was, when Jesus died, okay, a lot of things had to happen. A lot of things had to happen at the same time. Let me share, let me see if I can read something to you here. The life of Jesus was governed, um, was too important to be governed by hatred, jealousies, fears, ambitions of evil men, success of evil men. Jesus' life was too important. 
And so his life had to be governed by God and not by human nature. So Jesus spent so many hours in the Garden of Gethsemane praying for God's will to be done, for God's will to be done, for God's will to be done. You know, because it could have gone in so many different directions. That's what I'm saying. So many things could have happened to Jesus. Look at this. It is possible that when Jesus appeared before Pontius Pilate, all those who were healed by Jesus could have come and testified that he was a good man. Right? That could have changed um, the judgment against him. Recently, I was watching, I was watching CNN, and then this man called Paul Manafort, right? He was supposed to be sentenced to 25 years in prison. And he ended up being sentenced to three and a half years in prison. Unbelievable. Shocking. <laughs> you know, rich man. <laughs> Powerful man. You see. So people who steal $20 from Wawa or pick up uh, uh, a pack of chips from Wawa, if they are caught, they can go to jail for 10 years. But this powerful man, he got three and a half years for, I mean, amazing, miraculous crimes. <laughs> but this is the point. One of the reasons why the judge said that he had reduced his sentence was because he said that a lot of people had come to testify that he was a good man. And he had helped him. I mean, he had helped them. So based on that testimony, the judge reduced the sentence from 20 years to 3 years. Yeah. So Jesus, when he was before Pontius Pilate, all the thousands of people who were healed by him could have appeared and said that Pontius Pilate, my daughter was dying and this man prayed and, he was, and, and my daughter was healed. He is a good man. Not a single one of them showed up. Do you think it was by accident that nobody showed up to testify of the good things that Jesus had done? The Bible says that multitudes were following him. He would go to the mountain and pray. And when he comes back in the morning, there will be multitudes waiting. He was feeding thousands of people. It says 5,000 men were fed, excluding women and children. If every man had a wife, that's 10,000 people. And if every man, I mean, in those days, they didn't have anything like uh, contraception and all these things. So if you can have as many children as you want, nothing stops you. <laughs> So they could have had 10,000 men and women and maybe 3,000 children. 13,000 people. He would feed all of them. No, not, a, not a single person came to say that this man was a good man. I was hungry and he gave me food to eat. The people could have said that Barnabas who was a prisoner, who convicted criminal, they could have said that this man is a bad person. We don't want him back in our streets. Give us Jesus. At least when we are sick, he saves us from the money. I mean, the money that we'll spend at the doctor's office, 
we just go to Jesus and he gives it back to us. I mean, we don't have to pay anything. <laughs> he could have done that. You see, even Jesus himself could have said that, Lord, this dying on the cross, I don't want to do it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Because God's will was being done. God's will. So you have to pray that God's will will be done in your life. All the time. And recognize the spiritual dimension of life. And the importance of that wealth and its ability to influence the things that happen on earth. Yeah, very important. You can listen to a lot of good preaching, teaching. I mean, I'm, I believe I'm preaching good, I'm teaching good. <laughs> but, but just preaching and teaching will not change your life. You need to also pray. Amen. You need to open your mouth and pray. Just coming, coming and hearing and hearing here. It mean that's what happened to Peter. Um, let me see if I can find that verse. It's in Matthew chapter sixteen, chapter sixteen, verse twenty-two. Thank you. But Peter took him aside. Look at verse twenty-one. This is our last verse, and then we'll, we'll pray a little bit. And go. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that he had to go to Jerusalem and he, and he told them what would happen to him there. He would suffer at the hands of the leaders and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed and he would be raised on the third day. Then this is what Peter said. But Peter took him aside and corrected him. Peter the apostle, he corrected Jesus. And he said, heaven forbid you, Lord. This will never happen to you. <laughs> look at what it says in King James Version. King James, look at the King James Version. It says, uh, it says, uh, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Peter was now rebuking Jesus because of the things that Jesus was saying. Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. He said, open my dead body, Jesus. You are not going to die. Next verse. <clears throat> but he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Call Peter Satan now. Because now Peter was trying to prevent God's will from happening. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not. I like that word. You, you, can't, you can't appreciate. Some people, you have never eaten sushi before. So when you eat sushi, you can't appreciate the the, the you can't appreciate sushi. To you, it's, 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 um, it's raw fish. It's, it's bad. It's, 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 I, I, or, or, or caviar. Caviar. Have you had caviar before? Have you had caviar before? Say, no, no, no. Caviar, please. What do you mean by caviar? Yeah. You say, ill when you see certain things. You go for a nice dinner. Oh my God, what is this? Oh my God. This is, this is nasty. 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 <laughs> it's nasty. 
You can't save her. You can't save her. Save her. He said, that's what Jesus was. That was the word, the meaning of the word. He said, you can't appreciate the things that be of God. But you only appreciate the things that be of men. Thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And that's what many Christians are. We only appreciate the things that are of men. Things that we can see. And say, it's logical. If A plus A plus A is equal to 3A. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's, it's like, if we say A plus A plus 2A is equal to 17A. No, 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 no. That doesn't work for us. It's not logical. You are, you are just, go to, go to the New Living One. It's, you are just, um, you are the type of person that savors not the things of God. I love this. Look, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view. Yeah. Merely from a human point of view. But not from God's point of view. So when you pray, you deliver yourself from seeing things just from the human point of view and allow God's point of view to dominate your life. I'm preaching. <laughs> yeah. Human point of view, God's point of view. It's your choice. You decide. You decide. You decide. Ladies and gentlemen, we must rise up and become Christians who pray, who believe that he says that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that he shall receive the things which he saith. Therefore I say, verse 24, it says that when you pray, when you pray, Mark eleven twenty four. When you pray, where are you? Mark eleven twenty four. When you pray, believe that ye receive, and ye shall have them. When you pray, believe that ye shall receive, and ye shall have them. Am I seeing some Christians who can pray in this church? Yeah. Are there some people who believe in prayer? and the ability to modify the events in their lives with the power of prayer. Why don't you rise to your feet? Let's pray for a few minutes before we go. Thank you, Lord. I want you to pray. Just begin to speak to God. Pray in the spirit. Pray in understanding. Just, just lift up your voice and pray. And and. And commit your life into God's hands. Ask for God's direction and God's leadership. Pray that you will not be a Christian who just goes through the motions, but you will be a Christian who intercedes and, and, and modifies events in your life through prayer. Lift up your voice and let's pray. Pray, pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Don't be tired. Don't be idle. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Pray. 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 Kandolobo shindalama. Kibosh talama. Deshkidimi shodalama. 
Jinko Tanimi Mandoshki be Bradoshki Limalandosh Sandalamade Jimadoshi Limalamandoshi Nere Pray, pray, lift up your voice, pray. Let there be prayer in this room. Lift up prayer in this room. Allow yourself to speak to God. Open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your spirit and communicate with God. Talk to God and let God hear you pray. Speak unto Him. Yeah. Whosoever shall sing. There are things that you need to modify in your life. There are things that you need to open your mouth and, and take charge of. There are things that you need to say. To, to, you need to open your mouth and say and change in your life. Yeah? Don't be idle. This is not a time to be idle. This is not a time to, to, to be thinking. This is the time to be praying and pray and believe that God will change things in your life. Yes. Yeah. Everything that you, you want to change in your life, everything that you, you are believing God for, it is possible. It is possible. If only you will pray. If only you will open your mouth and speak. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you praying? Lift up your voice and pray for just two more minutes. Two more minutes. Pray. Pray. Surrender your life to Jesus. Open your life up to Jesus. Let Jesus control your life. Don't let your life be governed by the, by the wickedness of this world. By the evil in this world. Yes, lift it up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the deliverance that comes through your word. Father, this afternoon, Lord, as we lift up our hands, lift up our hands, Lord, and we call out unto you, Lord, we are praying that you would hear us from heaven. We want our lives to be governed by you. Governed by your will for our lives. Father, we don't want our lives to be led and directed by, by happenstance, by chances. By the evil and the wickedness in this world. By the things that are all around us that are not of you. We do not want our lives to be influenced by, the, by our friends and the people that move around us. But we want, oh God, our lives to be directed by you and by your spirit, Lord. Let, oh God, your will be done in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. Can we have a communion? It's communion time. And with words of air, feel this air, words of prayer I'll fill this air I'll send my prayers to you Father we thank you for your body for your blood and the opportunity that we have to partake of this meal bless sanctify in Jesus name we pray Amen alright sing it
Say, this is the body of Jesus Christ. Say, I believe this is the body of Jesus Christ. Oh, say it. I don't hear you. Say it one more time. This is the body of Jesus Christ. Say it with some confidence that this is the body of Jesus Christ. Eat it. And then take the cup. Say, this is the blood of Jesus. Say it again. Say, this is the blood of Jesus. Say, I believe there's the blood of Jesus. It has the power to heal all diseases. It has the power to cleanse all my sin. Every sin. Every weakness. Every infirmity. This blood has the power to renew my body and to renew my life. I am strong because of the power in this blood. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Drink it. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this great opportunity that we have to be before you and to partake of your table, your body, and of your blood. Father, we pray, asking that, Lord, this meal would bring life into our bodies. New life. Refreshing life. Strength. Power. Light. Father, may we not live the life we used to live. That was not pleasing to you. But may we find strength and power to live a life that will bring you glory. That will cause you to smile. That will bring you joy. And to make you happy. We thank you, Lord. Father, we pray for the, everyone here. Pray for this church. I pray for this church, Lord. And I ask that, Lord, your spirit will be upon us. Lead us and guide us. Your word says that you will send us the comforter who will be with us always. John chapter 14 and 16. We pray for that spirit to be with us. Always. To abide with us always. Abide with us always. Abide with us always. Abide with us always. Holy Spirit, abide with us always. 
For your word says that if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, then shall ye ask whatsoever ye desire and it shall be given to you. So Father, we pray for your spirit to be with us, to abide with us, Lord. That as we abide in you and your spirit abides in us, every prayer, every desire, every request, Lord, according to your will, will be granted to us. Father, I pray for everyone here, Lord. Anything on their hearts, secret desires, difficult situations, things that are difficult to talk about, things that are hidden deep down in their minds and in their hearts. Father, things that they can't even say little fears great fears buried deep down inside challenges of life sicknesses and diseases confusion of the mind uncertainties of life pray Lord that by your power and by your spirit all such negative things will be removed and taken out of their lives in the name of Jesus Father bless your people bless your people the word says that the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it Father bless your people bless your children Take away sorrow from their lives. Take away pain and distress. And stress and difficulty. And confusion, Lord. Take it away from their lives. We believe in you and believe in your word. Because your word says that if we abide in you and your words abide in us, then whatsoever we pray for, it shall be given unto us. So we believe that we have received the things that we are praying for. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for testimonies. Thank you, Lord, for, for, for great miracles that are occurring in the lives of your people. Father, let there be transformative miracles, Lord. Father, things that were impossible, may they become possible in the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. Because it's already done. We rejoice because it's already complete. You have already done it. You have already done it. You have already done it. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the confidence that we have in you. We break every curse. We break every curse. We neutralize every case. In the name of Jesus. Your word says. You have redeemed us. From the case. You have redeemed us from the case. So we are no longer cursed. There is no case that can work in our lives. In the name of Jesus. I thank you Lord. For your word give you praise. In 
Jesus' name we pray. Break Amen. God bless Break out and spirit break out and heaven come heaven come down spirit thank you for listening to this message we pray that your life has been transformed by the power of the word of god if you would like us to pray with you or would like to worship with us please contact us at the Kodesh Family Church, University City, Philadelphia, or call 267-809-5530. Thank you, and God richly bless you.